Hello, and thank you for listening to Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. Today, we're going to get in deep uh, on the NFL offseason and what teams are really doing to build around quarterbacks. I have not had an episode where I've been able to deep dive into the logistics of a sport uh, recently, so I think it'll be a fun discussion, fun to work through it, and I hope you guys enjoy. Before we get into the sports discussion, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, the social media pages. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and on TikTok now at Lots of Thoughts Sports, or you can find us on Twitter at LOT Sports Pod. If you want to see all the episodes of the podcast or subscribe to the newsletter, you can do so on our website, lotsofthoughts.godaddysites.com. You can also access all the socials directly from that website. I want to thank everyone for the support on the podcast, for the support on the socials. Uh, TikTok's really doing well. We are uh, almost at 50 followers, uh, which is pretty good considering I haven't done any promotion over there. And uh, I believe we're almost at 1,000 likes, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't checked it in a few days. But I really appreciate the love all around on all those platforms. And uh, for listening to the podcast, it really means a lot to me. Um. First, I want to apologize for not getting this episode out on Friday. It's been a bit of a crazy week in my personal life with school. Um, so, you know, it's it's a little late, but better late than never. Um, I really wanted to get an episode out this week. And, there, you know, there's some headlines that I kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, obviously, the NCAA Final Four. Uh, first of all, it's, it's, ama- it's amazing the matchups that we're going to be seeing. Uh, Duke and UNC, it's a storybook ending. Uh, I think if you if you gave this script to a Hollywood production company, they wouldn't believe it. And that you have Coach K with Duke in his what is his final season going against UNC, his bitter rival in the Final Four for the first time in NCAA men's tournament history. Uh, it's going to be an epic matchup, and whatever team loses is not going to want to go back to school because whatever team wins is going to be heroes or are going to be heroes. Uh, when they return home and with the school such a short drive away this rivalry is so intense UNC you know would just love to stick it to coach K one last time and send him home Duke uh, who's probably the younger and less experienced team probably the least lesser talented team also um, going in with so much pressure on them to win this last game for coach K Uh, that'll be really fun uh, to see, and I'm looking forward to the you know the championship overall. See if Coach K can get a win in his final season. Um, but outside of college basketball, um, there's not a lot of major headlines. We're nearing the NBA playoffs. Uh, we just had the World's Men's, I'm sorry, the Men's World Cup draw. Looks like USA will be facing England come somewhere around Thanksgiving, probably Black Friday. It's looking like um, in the first round. And then we also have the uh, MLB Baseball Opening Day coming up on April 7th or April 8th for some teams. We have, uh, obviously, the NBA playoffs. I mentioned the NHL playoffs coming up. Uh, But we also have the NFL draft. And I wanted to talk about that a bit. I think uh, overall in the sports world, the NFL kind of reigns supreme in the United States uh, in terms of viewership and in terms of talk. Uh, The NFL draft is intriguing for a lot of teams and even though this is not a deep quarterback draft uh, there's plenty of positions for teams to improve and you're going to still see a quarter a few quarterbacks go in the first round we've seen a lot of quarterback movement so far um, 
in the off season. If you haven't listened to the episode a few episodes back, I had a special guest on Matthew Burwell. We tried to predict all 32 NFL starting quarterbacks for week one. Uh, a lot of those are already wrong, uh, but it was still a fun episode. I recommend you go back and check that out. It's fun to listen in hindsight, knowing uh, what you know now. You can see how many we got wrong. But um, there's been a lot of movement. And it, it really got me thinking some of the recent moves, including Devontae Adams' trade to the Vegas Raiders, including Tyreek Hill's trade to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, there's a lot of guaranteed money in the NFL. And it's pushing teams to construct in a way that wasn't possible just five or ten years ago. Let me explain. Uh, you have quarterbacks making a lot more than they previously did. And of course, all players are making a lot more than they previously did as the salary cap goes up, as it is a percentage of revenue, and the re- revenue for the NFL is just continuing to increase year over year. But what's interesting is that the quarterback is becoming more and more in demand. And if you would have said that five years ago, I would have thought there's no way in the world they can get you know even greater from where we're at right now. As it is, teams will do anything for the elite of the elite quarterbacks. We, we saw that with the Denver trade for Russell Wilson. They gave up a lot. Five picks, I believe it was. Um, three starting level players, including Noah Fant, who I think is a really good tight end. And same for the Deshaun Watson trade. I believe that was five picks. I might be mixing those up. Um, but uh, a lot of draft capital to get a guy that may be suspended yes maybe suspended for the first half of the season upcoming and you know had some questionable legal issues still ongoing and obviously moral issues that he brings to the team and to the franchise and an overall stench even if you believe that he didn't do anything wrong there's still a, an odor that comes with bringing the eye sore of the cases to your franchise when you didn't have to you know i know baker mayfield wasn't the answer, but there's plenty of other options. Clearly, a lot of quarterback movement in this offseason. But you'll see that teams are ready to pay for premier quarterbacks. And I like Deshaun Watson a lot, and uh, as a quarterback anyway. And I think he's one of the top talents in the league, but he's not the most elite. And same with Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson was once the top two or three. And I think he's easily top 10, maybe even top seven, top five. But he's not the elite of the elite. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think he's Tom Brady. And so you have teams paying up to these quarterbacks that are still up there, but not you know, the elite of the elite talents because those teams won't let them go unless those quarterbacks leave. You know, Green Bay is holding on to Aaron Rodgers with all their might. And if he wanted out, he was gone. And Patrick Mahomes, after receiving a half a billion dollar contract, he's going to be a chief as long as he wants to be. But it presents an interesting dynamic for the rest of the team's construction. With football being a hard-capped sport, you have a lot more constraints that you don't have in the other sports. Baseball, for example, obviously has a uh, a salary tax threshold. Competitive balance tax is what they call it, but uh, that's not a hard cap, and it doesn't present the same restrictive issues. Teams blow by it all the time. I believe there'll be four teams in it this year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's certainly the Dodgers, certainly the Yankees. Um, why am I blanking off the top of my head? Certainly the Mets. And I believe there's one other one that are going to be well over it. 
Uh, it's not a hard cap by any means, although it does deter some teams. A lot of teams come really close to it due to the pe- draft penalties that happen year after year if you continue to blow past it. But it's not the same cap as in other sports. And with the NBA, there's a lot of finagling going on. You know, if, if you have a player on your team, you can re-sign them for, uh, you know, above the cap. You can sign veteran minimum guys. You can have trade exceptions that allow you to spend money. There's a lot of unique financial rules that allow for spending past this artificial cap. And so there's a lot of money movement in an effort to try to transform that into future talent. And money overspent sometimes can even be an asset because you can have a tradable contract that could be flipped for a star player just to make sure the money matches. But football's different. Football, like the NHL, has a hard cap. There's no going over that. And it's the same for every team because revenue sharing is rampant. And all teams to do quite well in terms of their financials. But what it presents is, is something that we've seen a few years ago. Uh, when the Rams made the Super Bowl, the first one that they made, I believe it was against the Patriots, where they lost to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They had Jared Goff on the rookie contract a young Sean McVay. And everyone looked at that team saying, this is the way you build a team. You have a young quarterback, one that's uh, clearly turned it around. Uh, If you remember his first year with Jeff Fisher at head coach was absolutely awful after being the first overall pick. And Sean McVay comes along and makes him look great. Um, That was, you know, the way that a team was supposed to build, spend money on the outside while you still have a rookie or a quarterback on a rookie contract. And I believe they had a lot of money invested in Todd Gurley and she's um, Tavon Austin. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. Uh, pl- plenty of pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Still Aaron Donald. I believe that might have been the year they traded for Jalen Ramsey. Or it was shortly after that from the Jaguars. Uh, they were spending a lot of money in other places because Jared Goff's contract was very affordable. And of course, years later, he proved he wasn't the guy and they traded for Matthew Stafford. But you saw kind of a structure in a way that a team could really take advantage of a young quarterback situation. I think you're seeing that now. You'll probably see it with Cincinnati, who has a young quarterback who got really close with the guy who's on a rookie contract. And before he's making a huge amount of money, while he's still making a couple million dollars, they can afford to go out and spend big on free agents. Teams with young quarterbacks still on rookie Deals can afford to do that, but when it comes to extending them, that's when things start to become an issue. And so we come to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think that's precisely what the issue was. Patrick Mahomes' first couple years on this deal, he was not making very much. Same with Tyreek Hill. They give Patrick Mahomes this giant extension. He's well worth it. You know, he's the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, and he has the potential to be the greatest of all time if he has uh, the championship success and the sustained success overall that Brady had. Uh, I think his talent is off the charts, and he definitely deserved all of that money because he is that important to that team, both from a play perspective, but also in a locker room perspective and a leadership perspective. But what it does to a team is it, it hamstrings them in other ways, and you had Tyreek Hill, who only had one year left on his contract and he sees what Patrick Mahomes is getting and says, Hey, wait a minute. I am one of the fastest, if not the fastest receiver in the league, one of the best receivers in the league, I should be paid to. And obviously I hope he knows that he shouldn't be paid Patrick Mahomes money, but he should still be paid. And it puts the chiefs in a tough position who have recently spent a lot of money to improve their offensive line. who have spent a lot of money to prove their defense 
where their main weapon, or one of their main weapons, depending on how you feel about Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill compared to one another, is asking for a lot of money that they probably can't afford. And so what's the best option? Keep everyone happy, send Tyreek Hill to Miami, send him back home, get a lot of draft capital and uh, not have to pay him and draft a rookie receiver to start the financial process over again. And Miami, on the other hand, gets a bona fide wide receiver to pair uh, with Jalen Waddell and Devontae Parker, assuming they don't move him, to give uh, Tua Tungavailoa enough weapons to uh, either succeed or prove that it's him. If he fails with this new receiving core, it's him. There's no doubt about it. And they can, you know, address the quarterback position at that point uh, if there's any other movement. Maybe Tom Brady will end up there. There's a lot of rumors around that considering his long-term home is in Florida and in Miami specifically. So we'll see. That's down the road. But uh, talking about now, it's it's a win-win situation for Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs and the Dolphins, frankly. Overall, all three came out on top. But it's the financial structure that you have to build a team around. When you have a quarterback that eventually ends up on this long-term deal, uh, you don't have the money to fill the weapons around him. And so in the same way you have teams with young quarterbacks, whether it be um, ones that are not yet proven, like Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville or Zach Wilson in New York, or you have teams with quarterbacks that are a little further along that have a little bit more talent, like Jalen Hurts or even Joe Burrow uh, or Lamar Jackson, who haven't gotten that huge payday. If you're the team uh, managing them, you really need to surround them with talent to prove whether they are the guy or not and to take advantage of their low contract. And so those teams like a Miami, you know, do precisely that. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see teams like the Jets or the Jaguars. The Jaguars have spent a lot of money in this offseason, don't get me wrong, but go out and make huge splashes in order to not only take advantage of their quarterback's young contract, but also to prove that they chose the quarterback correctly and make the adjustment necessary if they haven't. Because like we talked about with Miami, if Tua is not the guy, they're going to replace him next year. He's got one year to show he's the guy. And uh, what better way to expedite that process, but to get his receivers to the point or where he can't fail if he is a decent quarterback and he's going to prove whether he's the answer or not going forward uh, for the present and into the future. It's a unique proposition in comparison to the other sports. I think in the NBA, it's it's a lot more star driven. You know, we talk about quarterbacks wanting to go where they you know want to go. In the NBA, all the stars have the power. You see that with James Harden switching two teams within a calendar year. Um, you know, going on Houston, being overweight, asking out, uh, not playing his best, ending up in Brooklyn, losing all this weight, playing well, getting hurt coming back next year and starting the whole process all over again to end up in Philly. And granted, the way he did it is not typical for the league. And I think he's seeing the ramifications now that he's struggling with a little injury. He doesn't have the same burst he had two years ago. And I think Philly may end up regretting if they gave him a long-term extension, 60 million plus a year. But besides the point, you have stars like him that really control their destiny in the NBA. Whether they're signed to a long-term contract or not, they pick their teams. And with the longest contract being four, essentially four years in the NBA, there's not a lot of 
you know, lock them up for 10 years like you have in football or, uh, you know, like Patrick Mahomes contract or lock them up for 13 like you had with Bryce Harper or, or Mike Trout or some of these guys who are getting long-term contracts in baseball. There's really a lot more movement in basketball for that reason. For those two reasons, should I say, the stars have the power and the contract lengths are significantly different. So money becomes more of an asset rather than a detriment, like it has seemed to be in the NFL.